0: From Maine Public Radio and MainePublic.org, I'm Robbie Feinberg with the news on this day in Maine, Friday, March 1st, 2024.
1: This Day in Maine is made possible by Now You're Cooking. Celebrating 24 years of selling cookware, kitchen tools, gadgets, and fine wine on historic Front Street in downtown Bath. Open seven days a week.
0: A federal judge has halted enforcement of a voter-approved law designed to bar foreign government-owned entities from spending money to influence Maine referendums. Steve Missler has more.
2: The 40-page decision by U.S. District Judge Nancy Torreson is not the final ruling, but suggests that she views significant portions of the law backed by 86 percent of Maine voters in November could apply to domestically held corporations and, as a result, are unconstitutional. Supporters of the law highlighted Torrison's suggestion that states might be allowed to enact restrictions on foreign electioneering in state and local ballot campaigns. But Torrison also wrote that the law might be, quote, over-inclusive by infringing on free speech rights of domestically held companies with some foreign government ownership. The law is the result of a citizen initiative last year responding to record spending on a 2021 ballot campaign aimed at halting Central Maine Power's transmission corridor through Western Maine. The effort originally targeted a multi-million dollar electioneering effort by Hydro-Quebec, which is wholly owned by the government of Quebec. But its list of opponents grew to include CMP and Versant Power, a subsidiary of NMAX, which is owned by the government of Calgary, Alberta. CMP and Versant challenged the legality of the law, as have the Maine Press Association and the Maine Association of Broadcasters, of which Maine Public is a member. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Steve Missler.
0: Maine fishermen brought in about $464 million worth of lobster last year. It was a $72 million increase over the previous year's haul, which had been the lowest in a decade. The rebound was mostly driven by higher lobster prices. The average price at the dock jumped from nearly $4 a pound in 2022 to roughly $5 last year. By volume, the harvest was nearly 94 million pounds, the lowest in 15 years. Kristen Porter of the Maine Lobstermen's Association says the market seems to be settling down after fishermen had a record-breaking haul back in 2021. 93 million pounds is still quite a lot of lobsters compared to the traditional average, so the, the resource is healthy. Um, I, I just don't think that we you know, expect to maintain that you know, 100 plus million pounds every year. Across all fisheries, the Maine Department of Marine Resources says the value of landings increased by $25 million over the previous year. Members of Maine's congressional delegation joined U.S. Navy and defense industry employers in Sanford on Friday to introduce the Maine Defense Industry Alliance, a new partnership to attract and train thousands of workers. Carol Bousquet reports.
1: Maine employs 20,000 workers in the defense industry at Bath Iron Works, Pratt & Whitney, the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard, and other facilities. Yet a persistent shortage of skilled workers has prompted the formation of the Maine Defense Industry Alliance to fill more than 7,500 positions in the next five years. Senator Angus King says the country's national security policy relies on the work of Maine's defense industry, and the mission of the alliance is to develop and maintain a competitive edge over potential adversaries with a defense workforce trained in the latest technology.
2: If you can't build the ships, the sailors don't have the wherewithal to defend the country. So the people that build the ships are part of, part of, the structure of national security.
1: The alliance, comprised of Maine's largest defense contractors, the Department of Defense, and educational institutions across the state, today unveiled plans for a new $6.5 million welding lab at York County Community College in Sanford. Funding from Congress, the Navy's submarine industrial base, and the college are making the 10,000-square-foot expansion possible. U.S. Army veteran Thomas Bailey said training is vital to Mainers like him. Bailey says his life was turned around, by a veterans program in Lewiston that connected him to BIW in November. He's now doing electrical design for the shipbuilder.
0: A year ago, I was homeless. I was living at VetSink. Now I'm living in Brunswick in an apartment. I have a car. I have a future ahead of me, and I am just over the moon.
1: The Alliance says the goal is to have the new welding lab operational by the summer of 2025. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Carol Bousquet.
0: A proposed plan to change mail distribution in Maine is facing strong opposition. The Postal Service has proposed moving all mail processing to the Scarborough facility and downgrading its Hamden facility to a local processing center. Representatives for Senator Susan Collins and Representative Jared Golden criticized the change at a public meeting on Thursday night in Brewer, saying it wouldn't benefit Maine residents. Secretary of State Chenabello said the change could slow the delivery of absentee voting ballots, which must be received by the municipality before the polls close on election night. Those concerns were echoed by others in the room, including Maine American Postal Workers Union President Scott Adams. And you're telling the general public that there's no
3: changes in, ti- in the time of delivery. There won't be a change in the time your carrier shows up at your house, but you're getting stuff that's five days old.
0: Some speakers raise concerns about older residents who get medications in the mail. The proposed changes in Hamden are part of a 10-year nationwide plan that the Postal Service says will expand services to the public and improve working conditions. Voters in Maine and more than a dozen other states will cast ballots next week during the single largest primary day of the presidential election. The Super Tuesday primaries may seem a bit anticlimactic, since Joe Biden and Donald Trump appear to be cruising towards the Democratic and Republican nominations. But there are still more than 40 delegates from Maine up for grabs on Tuesday, and for the first time, Maine is running a semi-open primary. We brought Maine Public State House correspondent Kevin Miller in to walk us through what voters should expect on Tuesday. So, Kevin, let's start with what may be a new concept for many Maine voters, the semi-open primary. Can you explain what this is exactly? So during a semi-open primary, independent or unenrolled voters can
3: participate without having to join a party. For many years, Maine's political parties, they operated what's known as closed primaries or caucuses, and that meant that if you wanted to help choose who the Democratic or Republican nominee was going to be in any given race, you had to register or enroll in that party. But this year, any independent or unenrolled voter can show up on Tuesday, they can ask for either a Republican or a Democratic ballot, they, they can't do both, and then they can vote with
0: no strings attached. And this, it only applies to independent or unenrolled voters. So if you're registered as a Democrat or Republican, nothing really changes for you under this this new system, right?
3: Yeah, that's right. So Democrats can only vote in the Democratic primary. Republicans can only vote in the Republican primary. And if you are registered as a Green Independent or a Libertarian or a member of Maine's newest party, which is the No Labels Party then chances are you probably can't vote on Tuesday at all because those parties are not holding primaries. Now, if there is another issue on your local ballot, then you can vote in that election. But if you were a Democrat who really wanted to, say, vote for Nikki Haley to try to keep Trump off the ballot, you would have had to enroll in the Republican Party several weeks ago, and it's too late to do that now.
0: Okay, so let's look at who is actually on the ballot here in Maine, because as you and I have talked about before, there was a time when it looked like former President Trump's name might not be on the list of candidates.
3: Yeah, that's right. So first off, Donald Trump is on the Republican ballot. Maine Secretary of State Shanna Bellows, she had ruled back in December that he was ineligible to run under the U.S. Constitution's insurrection clause because of the January 6th riots and his efforts to overturn the 2020 elections. But those appeals are still playing out, so Trump is on the Republican ballot along with four other people, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ryan Binkley. But I'm sure most people know by now, there's only two people really still in the GOP race, and those are Trump and Haley. And then over on the Democratic side, voters will see just two names on the ballot. It's President Biden and Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips, but Phillips really hasn't had any success in any race so far.
0: We are speaking early Friday afternoon, and as of right now, the Supreme Court still hasn't ruled in the case over Trump's access to the Colorado ballot. Is, is there a chance that we might see a decision before next Tuesday? Would that have any real effect on Maine's primary at this point?
3: Well, I guess there's always a possibility. the The court they don't seem to issue opinions or rulings on weekends. Would they make a decision one day before the Colorado primary? I, I guess that's possible, but if they did, uh, Maine's Secretary of State would have to quickly determine what, if anything, in the Colorado ruling would apply to Maine. The Supreme Court justices really seemed skeptical of Colorado's arguments when they heard the case last month. But, you know, in the seemingly very highly unlikely scenario that they say Trump is disqualified from Colorado's ballot and then potentially from the ballot here in Maine, then uh, municipal clerks here in Maine, they would have to post notices at the polling places and then in voting booths, uh, basically telling voters that if you vote for
0: Trump, that vote won't be counted. What are you expecting as far as turnout on Tuesday?
3: Well, I'm thinking it will probably be pretty low given how, um, yeah, I guess, non-competitive the Republican and Democratic races appear to be. Absentee ballots are always one way to, be, to try to gauge voter interest and as of Thursday, clerks around the state had only sent out about 35,000 absentee ballots. 35,000 ballots is a very tiny percentage of the more than 900,000 active voters we have in the state. But I guess we'll, we'll see on Tuesday how things look.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't seem like there, there's necessarily been a huge amount of campaign activity either from the Republican primary candidates or from President Biden.
3: Yeah, there's hardly been any. We haven't seen any big rallies. And I'm certainly not seeing a lot of yard signs or or road signs in my travels around Maine. Now, we are talking on Friday, and Nikki Haley is planning a rally in Portland on Sunday night. So we could still see some more late activity before Tuesday. But I'd say it's been uh, mighty
0: quiet up here. And what about ranked choice voting? As we just talked about, there are a bunch of Republican names on the ballot, but only two contenders left, Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. Can voters still rank the candidates in terms of their preferences? Yeah, they can. But really, it's
3: not going to matter in this election at all. Because even if Donald Trump, I guess, or or Nikki Haley, even if one of those candidates fails to get more than 50% of the vote, the main Republican Party has made it very clear that whoever gets the most votes the first time around will be their nominee. The Secretary of State's office, they would still have to run a ranked choice runoff because that's the law. But because this is a, a primary election and the political parties get to decide how they allocate their delegates to the national conventions, the
0: Maine Republican Party can ignore those rank choice results. And that's Maine Public House correspondent Kevin Miller. There's more about the Super Tuesday primaries on our website, mainepublic.org. And that's today's main news. For more stories, visit mainpublic.org. And coming up on Maine Calling at 11 o'clock on Monday morning, we'll talk about personal finance, including what to remember during tax season. I'm Robbie Feinberg. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.